Welcome to the Great Canadian Leadership Podcast, proudly brought to you by the Great Canadian Training and Consulting Company. I'm your host, Joel Silverstone. The focus recently for business leaders has been shifting from task or objective-driven to now more of a people-driven culture. And that means our soft skills, communication, understanding, empathy, collaboration have become increasingly important to leaders' abilities. And in this episode, we're having a great discussion with our guest, Jennifer Lennox, who is a highly experienced HR professional on why soft skills are crucial to your leadership and to your organizations, and what, as leaders, you can do about it. And Jennifer's also sharing how she was able to find her voice to communicate and influence others and how her leadership career really took off from there. And our guest, Jennifer Lennox, is the Vice President of People, Culture, and Learning at Auto Canada. It's a senior leadership position where she collaborates with senior executive and HR teams, Auto Canada general managers on creating a world-class company culture. And Jennifer has over 20 years of experience in people development, talent acquisition, training, executive leadership, and HR strategy. Well, that brings a lot to why soft skills are so essential to your leadership. And as with every episode, our guest will be sharing her failure, ta-da, moment. And at the end, stay tuned as we're going to share our three stars and the next step that you can put into practice from this episode. And if you have a question or a comment about the podcast, well, we'd love to hear from you and appreciate your thoughts. Email us at podcast at greatcanadiantraining.ca. Thank you again for supporting the podcast. Please leave a rating or review and subscribe so you don't miss any of our upcoming episodes. Now, let's meet Jennifer Lennox and why soft skills are essential to your leadership. Uh, we've got Jennifer Lennox with us in such an interesting discussion. Something that's so close to our, our heart here on the podcast, why soft skills are essential to your leadership and to your organization. Jennifer, before we begin, let's just check in. How are you feeling today? Oh, I'm feeling great. The weather is beautiful. It's Friday. I'm happy. Okay. Well, that is good to hear. It's good to hear. The weather makes a huge difference. We're having a hint of spring as we're doing this recording. By the time it comes out, it'll probably be winter again. Remember this. So let's let's jump into soft skills. And you know, you have such a journey here with working different organizations, 20 years of experience in leadership within HR. Uh, you've seen a lot. Um, and our focus today is going to be about what you've seen with soft skills. And let's start with what's most current, which is we've we're st- I guess we're still kind of going through COVID, but the experience of COVID has maybe made uh, soft skills more relevant. Or what are you seeing about what the COVID experience has brought to soft skills within within businesses? Such a great question. It has changed and transformed anybody in multiple industries, uh, in particular ours. So when I say ours, I mean anyone in kind of a people function where if I may kind of high level it, I think it is resonated with individuals that run businesses, that are in businesses, that if our people are not okay, our business Mm -hmm. may not survive it. And, you know, again, it's, it's really been proven based on the fact of everything that, you know, people working from home, you know, people getting ill, people with a lot of fear and really it, it took an impact on our people. And that's where we really saw it um, with data and facts now that really people matter and people make the difference to our organization. So it's, it's certainly, it's certainly um, highlighted that in the last few years. And has that changed the way that leadership has communicated with uh, with with the people, as you say, like more built more awareness. Is that what I'm hearing you say? 
Yeah. You know, there are days that, you know, leaders would come into a business and, you know, half the team would be off because they might've had COVID or maybe they weren't able to come because they were caring for children or whatever the case was. So I think it was very relevant that businesses can't function without people physically Mm -hmm. there. Mm -hmm. But then all of a sudden, even though people were there, they were working from home, they had kids at home, they were distracted, their well-being wasn't the same, and they were not as productive. So Mm -hmm. I think it's, again, it just... We already all knew it, but it really confirmed we need to put people first and make sure they're okay to accomplish our objectives. So, yeah. So, so this idea of all of a sudden, and and I think you've, I've heard you see this before that humans at the center of it all. Mm-hmm. Um, and it sounds like that's what I'm hearing, which is that there's more awareness, I guess, maybe for listening, for asking some of the soft skills to put into place of like listening, empathy. Um, is that, is that what, is that what, is that, am I, am I getting this right? Yeah. So it takes more than, you know, clear objectives to get our teams moving. It's like, Hey, wait Mm -hmm. a minute. There's this, if we really say we're people first, do we mean it? Does it mean that you've given them a clear target? So that's all, or is it that you actually call them and say, Hey, how are you? And Mm -hmm. actually listen. So it's a whole different leadership skill. Um, But again, if we're going to put humans and people in the middle of this and realize that they are the drivers for everything we do, then we need to change up our styles a little bit if we weren't doing it already to really truly find out how they are. So I like this. Uh, You said it's a whole new leadership skill. Um, And it sounds like, again, I guess maybe before many leaders were objective focused or task focused. And now all of a sudden they're more maybe putting people first, as you keep saying, and and more people focused. Um, You know, what, what are you seeing as some of the ways that people are making those changes, whether it be within the organization or from leadership? What are, what are some of the things that you're seeing around that? Yeah. So in the power of influencing other, there's kind of, you know, different dichotomies in the way we get things done. Some people are really people focused. So, you know, they work really well in that environment. Right. Then there's others that, you know, you want me to do something, you're task oriented, just tell me the task. Right. Mm -hmm. However, there's a bunch of people now that are not focused on just that task. That's not the main driver. So I believe we're seeing a lot more leaders, um, you know, looking at workload, helping people prioritize before assigning, understanding their type of leadership they're going to need in order to get something done. So they're really working with the individual versus just pushing a bunch of tasks at somebody. So it's like, you got to balance it. If that makes sense. Absolutely. Um, (laughs) we still have to, we still have to function. We have to get work done. Um, but if it's just one way, just being just task focused and some people respond to that well, but now it's realizing that some people do need that, that communication and yeah. that I guess more of that awareness. And, and this is something also that's kind of interesting because this is part of your own journey as a, as a leader about maybe finding your own voice um, about uh, about, I guess, the thing about the different personalities and the different way to be understood. Um, can you expand a bit on that? Yes. When people ask me my biggest learning, mm-hmm. uh, one of them, I have several, but <laughs> I would say one is definitely taking some time to become certified in a um, an assessment called Myers-Briggs. Mm-hmm. So, you know, for me, kind of 
getting through life, I always had this very positive attitude where people would always say, oh, you're so happy all the time. Is that authentic? And then I'd get embarrassed by it. And I would uh, act like <laughs> a little bit of an attitude, even just to be tougher. I, you know, it's genuinely, I'm blessed with that, you know, really positive way to look at things. And I'm, I'm motivated by people and values and, and very different from what I felt like I was seeing in the workplace over time. So what I did is I became certified in Myers-Briggs which for me really highlighted the different personality types. We are born a certain way. I don't get up in the morning and, and want to be an extrovert. It's I am naturally an extrovert, Um, you know? And so I really studied in, and one of the key areas within that was understanding that there are people that very similar to that uh, influencing model I just talked about. Mm -hmm. There are people that make decisions based on facts, you know, black and white decision-making. There's no gray area. And then on the other end, and to use this term again, the other dichotomy Mm -hmm. is this, this way of making decisions based on how people are going to feel and values and, you know, really driven by just people overall, which is very hard when you're in a meeting with people that are black and white, where's the data. And I'm talking over here about how people feel and it's, it's, it can be a battle. So with that, what I did is I said, either I accept this or try to change it. And it was exhausting trying to live in the other world. So I embraced it. And I will tell you, the minute that I embraced it and in every interview, every conversation, I emphasize the fact that I am naturally and organically a human feelings-based decision maker with, of course, the common sense that data matters, but I'm driven mostly on that. So my voice at the table is an actual strength to an organization and a strength to some of the conversations. That's when people really open their eyes and my career took off. I didn't know what was going to come out of this, but people started saying, I need Jen at the table. I don't want a bunch of data-driven decision makers because half of our company is just like Jen, like that. And I have to acknowledge when we communicate, when we're launching new processes, whatever it may be, we need to think from all areas within that decision-making dichotomy. So that's basically my biggest learning and I've embraced it ever since. I am who I am and, and people really have appreciated that. That's probably one of the hard, thank you for sharing that. Cause that's probably one of the hardest things for, for people to figure out about themselves is uh, what are my strengths um, and how do I communicate that in a way that people are going to uh, understand? So as you said, you're very, m- maybe more extroverted, more emotionally driven, um, but understanding that you, your audience may not always be that way, but to be, to find the truth and how you're going to express that. So what, what changes did you find that you had to sort of, make or or like you said you had this moment that you sort of realized where to be true to yourself um was there some different ways that you communicated or different things that you were uh noticing and how to influence others yeah so that's when i realized and then you combine that you know not to bring up a whole bunch of different books and things but mm-hmm. strengths finder in that as well where you know my strengths were very much in communication and my, I have a uh, very strong interpersonal skills where I really do like really want to get to know people. Right. So I used that as my strength. And when I was sitting at a table, one of the biggest things um, that I noticed about myself. And when I say table at a meeting room, you know, with 20 other executives or leaders, I, I didn't, I didn't keep my voice quiet anymore thinking mm-hmm. that I would be the the person who spoke at a very different level and people would judge me. I threw right. my voice out there 
and it was well-received. So I would do it a little more, but I most certainly respected that there's another way of thinking. So I would always kind of do that extra research, reach out to my norm and my comfort zone and go pull reports and really understand that. So I had that secondary, but again, I talked about what I was led with, which was values and doing the right thing. This is this is great. Uh, <laughs> um, and uh, so, yeah, so driven by your values and then just looking at the styles of communication, too, which is well, you're curious. You, you really wanted to know about people. And so seeking, I guess. Knowing who you are, what's important to you, but at the same time, being able to seek to understand before being understood, I guess, is what I'm hearing. Yeah. Yeah. And asking questions. So back to, again, mm-hmm. that influencing model, you've got the yeah. people that just are tell assertive. They'll tell you what they think, Yeah, you know, and sometimes that's appropriate if you're talking to somebody like that, but then there's this whole other world of people that really want to be asked a question that really yeah. want to think about it and process it and don't push on me. You know, that's not the way I do it. So again, it was really trying to understand how to talk to different people, but always holding that core of who I am, which is my values drive everything. And I will never step out of that little core foundation of my values ever. Well, and that's, that, that's such an important thing about leadership because we'll respect you that you're being true to yourself, but at the same time, you're being respectful of others. So there's that, that, there's that reciprocity. Um, And I like you saying about influencing, which is, um, even though someone might be very task or, or or very focused or want to be direct, they still want to be understood. And one of the things about influencing is to really st- is to pull first before you push, which is how can I connect with this person, or how can I find maybe some common ground or mutual purpose? Were some of the were those some of the ways that you said like you're asking questions? Were those some of the things in the back of your mind where you're going towards and, and trying to communicate with others? Yeah. And, you know, it is tricky. There are a lot of people that are completely opposite from me. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I've worked with a lot of senior leaders, you know, uh, my peers, uh, anyone from, you know, working, you know, frontline customer facing, there's always going to be people completely opposite. And, you know, I, I had false expectations, if I may admit it, where I was like, why don't you get me? You know, why aren't you talking the same way as me? Why don't you, you know, think about it first? And I erased all of that. I thought, you be you. Like I right. took, I took into reading about introverts and Susan Cain has a book called quiet, which I'm obsessed with because I mm-hmm. wanted to understand other people. So I think again, the seeking to understand because it happened to me on the opposite side where people didn't understand where I was coming from. Right. So I look for that middle ground. That's yeah. really important. What do we have in common, but I respect how you want to be spoken to. And that really transformed my ways of communication. And I won't say powers of influence because it's certainly no bad intentions, but the way no. I, I really truly respect people in a non-autocratic style. Influencing is not manipulation. Influencing is I'm trying to move the conversation forward in a res- in way that we're keeping mutual respect, that we're both respecting each other. Um, and um, and I and I like this also. It's kind of one of the biggest traps of communication is can't you read my mind? Don't you have ESP? Don't you know what I meant? <laughs> So true. It's that unmet expectations. And when you have this awareness as you as you've been working towards, I think is so important. And let's let's talk now about uh leaders. And and you know, something you've said is 
the best leaders are not necessarily the smartest ones in the room. Uh, it's the ones who have that that strong EQ. And I, and I think that's what, um, you know, maybe you could just talk a little bit more about that. I love smart people. Like I do, I, 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 I respect it and I really appreciate it. I reach out, I partner. And one thing that I learned over time is that, you know, just your personality. So let's say you're the most intelligent extrovert in the room. There's still something missing fundamentally for, for who, who were the ones that stood out. And then I realized there was this whole other piece to people, which was emotional intelligence. And mm-hmm. To me, that's what made a leader a leader, like being self-aware, recognizing and reading a room, like to matter how smart you were, how many books you read, or if you're an extrovert or an introvert, it was like, do you get me? Are you kind yeah. to me? Like, do you actually think before you react, you know? So um, if I may just give one example yes. of, you know, there's as leaders, we have so much going on for me. I've got a family that needs me. I have a husband that needs me. I want to spend time with them. There is loud noise all around, you know, being a mom and all of the other stuff. So trust me, there are days that I'm driving (laughs) to work and I'm processing it all. But the ones that know to leave it, the minute you open that door, And you go see your team are the ones that get what I mean when I talk about emotional intelligence. If I carried that heavy weight and noise that may be bothering me that morning, because maybe someone cut me off on the way, whatever it is, everyone else feels it. An emotionally intelligent leader opens that door and leaves it there and doesn't spread that to anyone else. I don't care how bad your day is. You got to leave it because people will... You're the topic at the dinner table that night. You know, they'll say yeah. like, oh, my boss came in today and and was really angry. I, I might be getting fired. You know, I might have right. done something wrong. So right. that's probably my best example for any leader that I've ever coached on emotional intelligence. It's such a good definition of the emotional intelligence, this self-awareness, uh, this uh, taking a second to, before you react. So like responding, not reacting uh, yeah. and being aware of that and to compartmentalize. Uh, this is always a tongue twister, compartmentalize, which is to whatever was going on before. It could be your family life. It could have been maybe you had an, uh, an angry customer, whatever happened just before that you don't carry that forward. You take a, you take that time to process it, whether it be the car ride or you take a few minutes yourself to process it. And then you're there being fully present is I think what I'm hearing. You're being fully present for the other person and they can feel it. It's how you make that other person feel when they are in your presence as a leader. Right on. And I think people underestimate the power of a leader, you know, and yeah. that seat, that title, it, you can't take it lightly. You, I, again, I say the whole thing about you're the topic at the dinner table, you know, yeah. they, you're in people's minds, their life are in your hands, you know, and I mean that obviously not to that extent, but really their well being and so many, so many things we're dealing with on a day to day. Our leaders are the ones we look to for that comfort and that security and that, you know, ability to reach out and safe place to reach out to. So that's really important. Uh, and I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, that's going to be our soundbite. Uh, you know, the, the, the leadership lingers at the dinner table, because I think that is so true is that uh, leaders maybe not realize the effect that they have on their people, that it's not just that between that nine to five window, that uh, something you said as a leader or did or an action or a look or something that you did in that moment, uh, and that it lingers for days, possibly, with that that person who was on the other side, who was receiving it. 
All right. Uh, this has been great, Jennifer. We're going to take um, a little commercial break, uh, and this will give you uh, a minute, <laughs> and we're going to do your failure. Ta-da! At The Great Canadian Training and Consulting Company, we want to help you develop skills in a way that is purposeful and impactful. If you or someone on your team wants to improve their leadership skills, it can be hard to know where to start. That's why we've developed interactive and engaging leadership packages, each consisting of multiple courses, individualized leadership coaching, and other resources. To support leaders at all levels, we've created four leadership packages, each specially designed to improve a leader's skills in a particular area. Lead with trust. Lead effective and collaborative teams. Lead with executive presence. And lead your presentations. Leaders will be engaged and learning from our proprietary, instructor-led training and grow as part of our community of like-minded leaders. To learn more about our leadership packages, go to greatcanadiantraining.ca or email us at info at greatcanadiantraining.ca and mention Leadership Package in the subject line. Right, we are back with why soft skills are so essential to your organization and to your leadership with Jennifer Lennox. This has been a great episode so far. So many great sound bites. And now we go to our favorite segment that we like to call failure. Ta-da! And this is from the world of improvisation where we celebrate the failures. And in our episode, um, we ask our leaders, our guests to share really what was maybe was a learning moment, not necessarily a failure, a learning moment, if you want. So it went from ta-da to aha. So Jennifer, if you feel comfortable, if you're ready, we are all ears for your failure to the moment. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, again, if people could see my face, they would see me blushing right now because I'm still, it still sits very heavy. And this is a very vulnerable um, piece of my story, but I really want to share it because I think I may not be alone on this one. Mm. So in our world, um, you know, everyone has a unique situation and, you know, as a, a parent, as a leader, whatever it may be, um, but I'll speak to it on, on kind of the HR culture people okay. front and uh, being a leader within that world is you can plan your day every single day, get up, put a nice schedule together, but what comes at us are real time, emotional situations that are timely and we need to take care of it. And that can be one day you hear nothing, one day you hear quite a few things. So sometimes in the, in the pace of it all, mistakes can happen. So in my time and in my experience, I've had really crazy hectic days trying to balance it all, multitasking, and again, we're not dealing with just anything. We're dealing with people. And yeah. that's why this is even more important. So full transparency, I uh, was moving too fast one day and I sent a very personal email in error. Now, I don't have to go into details about what that email was, okay. but it was one of those moments that I took a sip of my coffee after I sent the email and my heart just dropped. I realized, oh, oh my goodness, went to the wrong person, contained some very sensitive information, got it pulled back right away. So you think and you hope mm. that moment in time. And I'm going to say this was several, several years ago, sits in me and taught me my biggest lesson that in so many ways, again, I emphasize we are not dealing with just reports in our world of HR. We are dealing with people. We need to slow down, 
We need to be intentional and we need to make sure we are doing the right thing in that moment. And if it needs to wait, something else needs to get pushed. So be it. So a few learning lessons from that very embarrassing moment. And one that I will never forget is that one, I prioritize in a way that leaves room for, you know, these ad hoc things that come up um, and urgent people issues. And two, the one that is, again, a little funny and silly, anyone that watches me or is around me when I'm sending an email will hear me say names out loud. Any email that I am going to send, I will always say the names of the people in the two and CC line. And I'll even sometimes click on their names to make sure it's the right person. And it might take me a few extra minutes, but that is my way of making sure that I am doing the right thing at all times. And I'm very compliant and I'm watching rules. So I have not, knock on wood, made this mistake ever since. And I feel like I'm a lot more thorough when I share this story with my teams and my peers and everybody's got a sample. So that is my, um, I'm going to say aha moment, but again, still embarrassed by it. And it was all fixed. No one was harmed in the making of this mistake. (laughs) Um, But again, it was a, a very big learning for me. Thank you, Jennifer, for sharing that. Um, I, I, I like a couple things in there that's really good, great takeaways from this uh, aha. And uh, that's what you just said, which was saying the names out loud of the people. Uh, and I said, it may take a little bit more time, but it's making sure that you're doing the right thing. And I think it goes back to your values too, about doing the right thing. And so that, that really lines up with your values. And also just kind of reminds me of um uh when the train service in japan which is that they're always using uh visuals like pointing at things to double check even though it's very obvious that they're pointing at the door or pointing whatever it's just to it's that double check uh to make sure that the process and procedures are, are moving along but it also goes back to what you said earlier about that emotional intelligence of the leadership which is to not re- to not react, but to respond, which is just to take take the couple of extra seconds before you just, I said, just go a million miles an hour. Take a second because you're dealing with people here. And that that wrong email or that wrong thing you say or that wrong action you do has a ripple effect. So this was a, a big takeaway from this failure to die. So thank you so much for sharing that. My pleasure. Yeah, the ramifications of making a mistake in these very sensitive times are are pretty extreme. So again, hopefully people can hear that and learn to slow down a little, even for our own well-being. Uh, mm-hmm. There's a lot of value in that. Uh, now, Jennifer, if anyone has any questions or any thoughts or comments, what's the best way to connect with you? I would say LinkedIn. I'm under Jen Lennox with two N's uh, or just Jennifer Lennox at Auto Canada. Perfect. Jennifer, thank you so much again for being a guest on our podcast at the Great Canadian Leadership Podcast. Thank you. It was a great time. I appreciate mm-hmm. it. One, two, three, and now it's time for our three stars, no trois étoiles. These are the three takeaways from today's episode that you can start to put into practice. Slow down. As Jennifer said, as leaders, pretty much all of us, it feels like we're going at a million miles an hour. So the important here is to respond and not to react. You are dealing with people. So take that beat. What do I want to say? How do I want to say it? Who am I writing this email to? Number two, finding your voice. As Jennifer shared, it means that you are bringing another perspective and you're being true to yourself and realize 
that there's different ways that people communicate. There's people that need the emotions and there's people that need the logic. So most importantly, the strength is to be curious about others. And number one, influencing. So how can you connect with them first? Where can you seek to understand and how can you find middle ground? And the next step, something very simple you could put into action, be specific. Jennifer's point about saying the names of the people out loud to be sure when she's sending off that email, well, it goes to her values of doing the right thing. And it has a ripple effect when you're being that deliberate and specific. Enjoy. Thank you for listening to the Great Canadian Leadership Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss another episode and leave us a rating or review if you enjoyed this episode. Let's stay connected. Join us on LinkedIn at Great Canadian Training and Consulting. And if you want more free resources and our list of professional instructor-led courses from software to soft skills, then make sure to come on over to greatcanadiantraining.ca. If you have any questions or comments on the show, we'd love to hear from our listeners. Email us at podcast at greatcanadiantraining.ca. We'll see you next episode in our search for what makes a great communicator with our leadership and communication discussions and tips.